0: minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast
1: welcome everybody to another edition of the pack a day podcast it is may 6th and i am joined by rob today jacob could not make it to the show today For some personal reasons, but everything's fine with Jacob. No reason to worry there. But Rob, how you doing today? I know you've been doing a lot of traveling as you always do. So where do we have you today?
0: So yeah, so I'm I'm in Anna Maria now. And uh, so Jacob, just to clarify, Jacob's not crying over the Aaron Rodgers news. (laughs) Um, He's not. He's not not, not, like in the corner and a ball or anything like that. So uh, hopefully he'll be fine and uh, and join next week. So um, it's, it's good to be back, man. You know, the draft is always a it's kind of a crazy roller coaster because, you know, I think we all spend so much time studying these prospects. We spend so much time uh, looking into their backgrounds. And, and I really enjoy it from that standpoint where, you know, I I, I think I I might have said it on here, but also on the radio on 97.3 The Game uh, that I appear on that. It's almost like a true detective, the, the show on HBO, where, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of has a sim- similar theme. But it's different characters. It's different things that are going on, different detectives. Every season of that, and it's a whole new different thing. Fargo, yeah. the television show, is kind of the same way. So you know, that's kind of the way that I think about it because you sit down and you study these guys and you look at their backgrounds or where they came from. And some of these guys have incredible stories like Quitty Pay and, and so on and so forth. And you learn all these different things about these guys, and then it gets done, and you're just like – What now? And that's kind of what the mode that I'm in right now is that, you know, what now?
1: It's like you look at, yeah, dozens or even hundreds of players and all of a sudden you're left, you know, with nine, at least in this case for the Packers. And it's like, okay, so what do you know, what do you do? I just looked at all these players that are dispersed across the league. And basically my team, you know, only gets somewhere between, you know, maybe seven to ten, depending on the year. So, yeah, it's definitely... I mean, soon we will be entering, you know, the NFL dead zone, which uh, is never never, too fun. You know, the May, June, July kind of months. But right now, before we get into the Packers third round selection, obviously there's some bigger news to be talked about right now, uh, as Rob mentioned before with Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, the rumors, they don't stop. They're coming from every source, from every direction. It's goody it's this it's money it's he doesn't want to play for the pit whatever it is there's so many different things out there Rob what's what's your take on on just the situation overall?
0: well you know I think I think it is unfortunate but I also think it's a lot more calculated than what we're maybe making it out of. I don't think that any of this stuff is an accident. I don't think the timing's an accident. I don't know I don't think that any of these different rumors are an accident I all I think that it's calculated um because you have to think about it this way we all found out about this stuff on thursday but the packers have known about his discontent for a while so Mm -hmm. so it's not something that was a surprise to them in fact they made three separate trips it's been very highly publicized out to california to see him to try to smooth it over so i'm guessing because of this news that we found out about on thursday those meetings did not go uh, you know the way the packers wanted them to and you know they're left kind of holding the bag so I, i guess From my standpoint, and this is just my opinion and my theory on this, is that I'm of the belief that the team more than likely leaked a lot of this information. I know that that's not a popular theory and a lot of people think otherwise, but I have a reason to think that. And the reason that I think that is I'm of the belief that the Packers very strategically released this information on draft day when all the tensions are high and everybody's going into draft and they're looking at different players and they're doing all these other things to try to get some teams to get into a bidding war for Rodgers on the clock while the clock was ticking. Because had Rodgers leaked the information, I'm guessing that he might have done it a couple weeks earlier. So maybe they could take bids on teams and this. But because of all this stuff that leaked, I think that it was too fast and furious for that to happen. And if you recall the way that it, this news broke. And we found out pretty quickly, not only that the news broke that Rodgers was unhappy, but what teams were interested in him, like fairly quickly, like within you know I don't the exact timeline, but an hour or two, yeah. uh, we knew that San Francisco was in, we knew the Raiders were in, we knew that Denver was in. And in fact, the thing that really set me off ab- about this theory is that not only did we know that San Francisco was in, but somehow it leaked out that What the specific deal was that was being offered. You know, I'm hearing, you know, oh, they offered the third pick, they offered two other first round picks, two starters on the team. So, my, I guess my, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so let's say it was real and San Francisco and Green Bay were um, in talks for uh, an actual deal. Yeah. The only people that would be involved in this deal would be. The high level executives. They're not letting all the scouts in here. They're not letting all the, you know, middlemen in here. It's gonna be John Lynch. It's gonna be York. It's gonna be Murphy, Goody, maybe the coaches, but maybe not. Uh, you know, maybe a cap guy, but it's gonna be a very limited thing. And there's no way that these guys are gonna leak what the offer is yeah. for Aaron Rodgers on draft night, unless it was done intentionally to try to get and I have my eye on two teams here. The Jets the Raiders to try to outbid what they perceive San Francisco's offer is for Rodgers. And that's kind of where I come from. You know, the jets are sitting at number two, Joe Douglas likes Zach Wilson, but if he can get his hands on Aaron Rodgers, maybe offer up that number two pick, maybe offer up the 23 pick in this year's draft. They had another first round pick. And in addition, they can actually outbid what San Francisco's perceived offer was. And the Raiders, who knows what John Gruden's thinking. He might say, screw it, whatever it takes. Yeah, Four first-round picks for him. <laughs> we'll give him four yeah, first-round no. picks. We'll give him Henry Ruggs.
1: Put, yeah, you can't put anything past Gruden. And, I mean, I hear what you're saying where, you know, if the team actually wanted – whether they wanted to or believed they had to trade Rogers, why they would be the ones behind the league so they could start some kind of bidding war. But then again, and, Rob, you mentioned this before the show, but, yes, Goody didn't come out until after the first round to say adamantly they will not be trading Aaron Rodgers, but he didn't say it before the draft. So technically, you know that that could possibly be a, uh, a chance that they were trying to trade up. But just from the way Goody's talking, Matt Lafleur's talking, I don't get the sense that they don't want that that they want to move on from him. Like well, from what I can tell, unless they're just completely lying, and I I mean this more specifically for Lafleur they really want him back in Green Bay. so well,
0: I'm, guess- I'm I'm kind of of the belief, I'm with you there, but I, I think that I'm coming from the angle that Aaron Rodgers told him in that third meeting, you know, when they're out there three times to visit him. Yeah. That he said, I don't care what you guys do, I'm not coming back. Like, the bridge is where I'm not coming back. And we don't know what what technically happened, but we we're pretty sure that the meetings did not go well. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm coming at it from the angle that Rodgers told him flat out, I don't care how many times you send guys out here, I'm not playing for the team. So, you might as well trade me. And then, you know, the Packers kind of strategically leaked this information and what, what teams and what deals were on the table, hoping that someone would maybe overpay, you know, in the hustle and bustle of draft night and overpay. And, and but I'm with you. I think Matt LaFleur, you know, loves working with Aaron Rodgers. He makes him look good. He makes him look yeah. great. You know, exactly. why, would, why wouldn't you, you know, want him? You know, I think this is a front office thing, 100%. And there's been a lot of leaks about it. And, and, you know, I'm of the belief and, and, it, Call me crazy on this one is that I mean Rogers is more valuable to the team than Murphy or Brian Gutekunst, no matter whose side you yeah. think, you know, is, is right or wrong. I think the value of Rogers to the organization exceeds both of those guys combined. Yeah. So if it comes down to, you know, those guys are Rogers, I don't care how much you think he's a baby or what have you, you do what you have to do to appease him. And then a lot of the naysayers, and I'll turn it over to you, are going to say, oh, well, you can't always do this, and, and you know what happens next time, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about a 16-year veteran here. We're talking about a guy that does not have that many years left. You don't do this for every one of your employees. You don't do this for every single move that you make. But when you're talking about the franchise quarterback, one of the best of all time, coming off an MVP season, yes, you make concessions whether you like to or not.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I know there's been rumors, you know, it's either Rodgers or Goody, and then, you know, A.J. Hawk disclaimed those rumors. But either way, like you said, Rob, I understand the value of Brian Gutekunst. I understand the value of Mark Murphy. But neither one of them bring the value that Aaron Rodgers brings on the field on Sunday, plain and simple. Aaron Rodgers is the reason why the Packers win games. When Aaron Rodgers, oh, right. play, when Aaron Rodgers does not play, they don't win. I mean, I don't know what the exact record, but I believe there there's something like like – two or three and 10 without him as a starter throughout some of his injuries in his, in his career. And bottom line is, it wasn't after the 2019 and 2018 season where it's a quote-unquote down year for Rodgers. He's coming off an MVP season. Literally, if he asks for anything or any player or, or whatever it is, you do everything you can to make to make that happen to keep right. him happy and to keep him there and committed, especially when Jordan Love's sitting in the same room. So even if it doesn't mean right. moving love, but we know he's not happy about that. We know he doesn't like coming to work every day, seeing his potential replacement sitting in the same room as him. But if you went out and let's say you you traded up for Rashad Bateman or if you made a blockbuster move and traded for Julio or, or whatever it is that Rodgers has been wanting. And even if that means getting, you know, getting rid of Goody I mean there comes a point where the the player that drives your team that is the reason for your success deserves to have at least some amount of say in personnel decisions and other things that go on Tom Brady has a say in what happens in Tampa Bay as we've seen with bringing in Antonio Brown Leonard Fournette if if, if LeBron James walked into the front office of the Lakers or the Cavs whenever he wherever he was and said I want this guy or I want that guy the moves being done, and bottom line is, Aaron Rodgers is a LeBron James. He's a Tom Brady. Well, he well he did he just... did that, you know.
0: Yeah, he, he did that yeah, essentially. He, yeah. And Kawhi Leonard and too, like... when he went to the Clippers, he said, "Look, I'm not coming. I'm not signing with you guys unless you trade for Ball George. So do what you got to yeah. do to get him." And exactly. you know, this, you know, it, it's just something that you know you don't like it, and, and you hear these people on Twitter being like well, if my boss doesn't consult me before they make hires and things like that, I said, well, when was the last time 70,000 people came <laughs> to see you work? You exactly. know, <laughs> because it yeah. doesn't happen, you know, or, or, you know, when was the last time, you know, that this happened or that happened? But, you know, the analogy that I give, and actually this is a true story that it happened to me um, in my sales career is I had just uh, sold a big deal the year before and I was kind of getting into it with my boss, and he kept going behind my back and visiting some of my clients. And I'll be real quick with this because nobody really cares. <laughs> but um, it came down to it where it became him or me. And this was my boss. Uh, and, and I was a sales rep, and he was a sales manager. And I went to above him and I said, Look, I can't have this guy come in and visiting all my accounts all the time and, and interfering uh, without telling me. And that's what was going on. And they yeah. sided with me. They were my accounts. I was the one that built a relationship with them, I was the one that had sold the accounts previously. And they ended up siding with me. They fired my manager, and we move forward. So, you know, it's not always about the hierarchy of the organization. It's about the value that a person brings to an organization.
1: Yeah, exactly. Number one, first off, Rob won. Rob's boss zero. Great (laughs) win for Rob. Um, But, but I agree. I mean, look, I get it. Yes, Aaron Rodgers can't be sitting there on draft night and make every pick or sign every free agent, but. He absolutely deserves to be heard out, listened to, and not not just listened to, but, you know, actively at least explore what he wants. He has given you enough and he's not, I mean, we're talking about, you, you know, you said one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, in my opinion, the greatest, you know, you could say I'm biased and that's fine, but we're not talking about your average good quarterback. We're not even really talking about your average great quarterback. We're talking about a generational player in all of sports. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and The fact that, I mean, Stephen A. Smith said, and he said, I'm not just saying this because I think it. I'm saying it because I know it, that Aaron Rodgers went into the front office during the McCarthy time era and said he wants to have more of a say in the personnel decisions and some other things. And they basically said, get the hell out of here. You play. We make the decisions. Plain and simple, you say that to a Tom Brady, LeBron James, whatever it is, they would. Who wouldn't be pissed off if you're the reason your team has been good for the last 15 years, and I come in and say, "Hey, I might want to, you know, pitch in or give my suggestions," and they tell you, "Well, you know what? We don't really care. You go play, and we're going to pick everything else."
0: Yeah, it, it, to me, it's just kind of ridiculous. And, and I did throw out there pre-show that uh, I wonder if it's possible to have a shareholder coup. And have yeah. the share, shareholders of the Packers have a hostile takeover of the team? Uh, we all band together, and uh, I, I don't think that's legal or <laughs> available. But uh, uh, something needs to be done because I don't—I'm not ready to go into a season without Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. I think that we're really close to a Super Bowl, and we're going to talk a little bit about a guy, you know, in a second, Amari Rodgers, that I think is going to play a major role uh, in this team potentially taking that last step. And just in other words, you know, just going along with that, how difficult it is to repeat as a champion. Yeah. I think that going into this season, this past season, most people had Kansas city as a shoe. in they said, you know, these guys can't be stopped. Patrick Mahomes is in his prime. They have all these weapons. They brought everybody back. Um, they're on fire. They'll n- they'll never lose this thing. And they ended up losing and getting blown out in the super bowl. And that, that same thing could happen. Injuries always happen. There's, there's guys that can go down, um, So you never know what's going to happen down the road, but I know for a fact that as long as the Packers stay relatively healthy and they get Bakhtiari back and they add some of these draft picks and they make an impact, then I don't see any reason why the Packers can't get to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, that's just kind of my two cents on it. And I would just do whatever it takes to to keep him happy. If that means um, extend his contract, give him more guaranteed money, more guaranteed years. Fire Gutikans, fire Murphy, and whatever. Like you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Like uh, that's just kind of the that's the harsh reality of of the business world. Is that you know some guys have more power than others, and if he's making a power move, then he's making a power move, and he couldn't do it at a better time. He's coming off arguably one of the top five best quarterbacking seasons ever. Um, yeah. I don't even know if that's arguable. I mean, I think it's yeah. a fa- factual that factual, you know a top yeah. five a, a top five all time quarterback season. So if there was ever time to make a power move, it would be now. So, you know, whatever he wants, I'd probably give it to him.
1: Yeah, look, I'm with you. I know a lot of people will sit. you know, I've seen so many tweets. It's it's not the Green Bay Rodgers. It's the Green Bay Packers. But you know what? Without Aaron Rodgers, this team, it's not. It's not competitive. It's not relevant. He's the reason you are relevant. Goody. You've made, you know, you said, yeah, you had the big first stuff uh, signing class, uh, your first year as the GM, bringing in the Smiths and Amos and Turner. And you picked uh, you've made some good picks. You've also made some very questionable picks, mostly last year, but also in other years. And Mark Murphy has been there forever. And I think there's a large portion of the fans, even before all this, that were kind of just over Mark Murphy and maybe wanted a new, younger, fresher mind running the entire, you know, organization. But bottom line is right now, this is where we're at. It's well, it's,
0: well just, if you want to go, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Eli. I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just going to wrap up and just say, you know, basically right now, I, I don't know what to believe. I'm just going to wait till I hear signs directly from Aaron Rodgers or the Packers or a move is made. And uh, that I just don't know what you can believe because I've been seeing so many contradicting rumors.
0: Well, the, the funny thing is that you bring you bring up uh, you bring up the thing with his, his first draft. So yes, he hit a home run with Jair Alexander, but I'm going to kind of read off some of the other guys he picked in that draft. So we started with Jair, then his next pick was Josh Jackson, his next pick was Orrin Burks, his next pick was Jamon Moore, his next pick was Cole Madison, his next. Pick After that was uh, Hunter Bradley and then Kendall Donerson. So when you look at guys that his first draft, which he got a lot of credit for a lot of positive uh, credit for really out of those guys. I mean, if you even want to count MVS as a positive, which I do, I mean, he's he's, he's yeah. a pretty good player, but we're talking about two players from an entire draft class that, that have made any kind of an impact on the team so far. So, you know, that, it wasn't that good of a draft yeah. And, uh you know, even the next year, you know, picking Rashawn Gary at 12, and I like Gary a lot, and I think he has a lot of potential, but I wouldn't confuse him with a wildly successful pick. Um, yeah, he's a good yeah. player, but, but he was the 12th pick in the draft, so he should be a good player. And then last year's draft, you know, really, if you just look at impact on the on the team, there's been, you know, virtually nothing, and that doesn't mean that couldn't change. I mean, John Running Jr. could be an impact player. Kamal Martin could be an impact player. Josiah DeGuara could make an impact. J.J. Dillon, even Jordan Love. But, but they haven't done it so far. And yeah. they didn't really help the team last year reach their goal of winning a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah. you know, outside of Elton Jenkins, Jair Alexander, obvious home runs. Darnell Savage, probably a triple, if you want to use a baseball analogy. Um, Rashawn Gary, maybe a double. Outside of that, you're not seeing a whole lot of production out of exactly. that,
1: that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, really, for. Four players out of all of his classes you can say like you you believe have real star potential, at least as of now, like you said, Jair, Elton Jenkins, Savage, and Gary. The rest, and that's not just like a few, but we're talking about maybe 20 other guys are either completely non-impact players, not in the league, or sitting on a practice squad somewhere. So for all the credit people were, you know, praising Goody with, in the beginning, if you look into it deeper, he hasn't always necessarily been making rock star decisions and making a lot of questionable ones. I mean, again, like you said, I like Rashawn He's progressing. I think he has potential, but I think everyone agreed. It was a very controversial pick, especially with Brian Burns still on the board. If right. you want a red rusher, I mean, Brian Burns, I think is a freak, but, but yeah, I mean that, that, that basically sums up the current situation with Rogers. Yep. And before we get to another Rogers, um, I just want to ask you once, Rob, fast forward four months, it's September, it's week one. Who, who's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers?
0: I think that they work it out. I really do. I think that a trade would be too, too, too trem- I think it'd be too, uh, too big, uh, you know, for this time. I mean, obviously it happened after June one. But I, I think that the Packers might have to make some management changes. And I do want to offer my apologies to James Loney. I, I didn't mention him in the 2018 draft. Um, yeah, so. so
1: James, I know you're watching, uh, listening. Uh, no, yeah, sorry about that. Man.
0: You're, you're a draft pick that did nothing for us. So
1: Yeah, you know. Rob apologizes. Um.
0: I, I do, I, I do. I think I think that somehow, some way, this is going to work out. I think that there's the dust is going to settle a little bit. There might be some offers thrown out. But I think if the Packers hold firm, Uh, and it comes down to it, uh, Rodgers might give off the perception that he'll retire rather than come back to Green Bay. But I think that if things change the way that he wants and maybe some changes are made in the front office that he would be able to be coaxed into coming back. And I think that his heart's in Green Bay. He's had his whole career here. We all stuck by him. You know, he loves the fans and just the way that he is as a person and all his charities and stuff. I just – I can't imagine it, him not coming back, I guess. I don't know
1: how you think yeah. about it. No, but it's basically, I mean, to quote Matt LaFleur, I mean, you just – you can't fathom the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, and that's what it is. I mean, uh, the Packers are Aaron Rodgers. It just it is what it is. The Packers go how Aaron Rodgers goes. When, he has, when he's amazing, they're amazing. If he's playing bad, they're losing. If he's out, they're losing. So – Mark Murphy and Goody, of course, yes, general manager and president, you're important. But you can be replaced and people can do those jobs. You can replace an Aaron Rodgers. There will never be another Aaron Rodgers. And even if there is, the chances of him magically falling into your lap for the Packers, I mean, they got lucky enough with Favre and Rodgers, who knows, if they end up going into, you know, the 70s and 80s of just being awful, but so you so you could keep your pride, Goody, and, and, not, you know, and trade him away and get a bunch of picks and then – I mean, in my opinion, you trade Aaron Rodgers at any point, it's essentially career suicide for a general manager. I know who's going to hire a general manager at some point who's traded Aaron Rodgers after an MVP season. It just its a ludicrous idea to me. So, Rob, I hope you're right that he's back. But uh, I think we've allotted enough time for one A. Rodgers. Now we got to yes. look at another A. Rodgers, someone I'm really excited about. Amari Rodgers, third-round pick. The Packers traded up with the Titans, selected him 85th overall. And, uh, Rob, why don't you kick us off with your initial thoughts on the trade-up, on the pick, and on Rodgers.
0: So, first of all, I think one of the dumbest things that happen in this post-draft season is we get into these, I guess, silos where we start to grade the draft, like literally like an hour after they come out. And yeah. I think that it's one of the dumbest things that people can do. And I've argued with people about it. And I and I think, to be honest with you, that it's very sloppy. I think that people look for guys that they recognize from big schools. They don't really look at fit. They don't really look at scheme. And they just say, oh, well, they got so-and-so. They got so-and-so. And they must have had an A draft and somebody didn't get somebody. And, you know, they get a D or a C or, or what have you. But, yeah. you know, I think to me the value of a draft is ha- – if a play if the play the teams pick players that are going to fit within the scheme that they've been picked for so although amari rodgers may not have been the highest rated receiver on the board i think that his fit with the team is what really stands out and i feel like his pick on the team in that role is kind of that slot. I know that we talk about Randall Cobb a lot, and you know having that that role, um, you know, be kind of a void over the last couple of years. Uh, I think that he, his skill set fits perfectly with that. He's a guy that's big. He can run out of the backfield. He can run jet sweeps. You can put him in the slot. You can even play him outside. He had a couple routes at, at Clemson that he was taking cornerbacks off. Um, I know in Notre Dame he had a long touchdown uh, where he just took his guy deep. And yeah. I, I've seen a couple times, you know, h- h- just really strong hands as well at the at the point uh, of contest. So he's the ball generally when it hits his hands. And yes, he has his, has some drops. I'm not going to deny that. But to me, it's mostly concentration drops. You know, where maybe he takes his eye off the ball. But I, but in contested areas, when he really puts his hands on the ball, you're not getting it out. He has very strong hands. He has very strong legs. Uh, you're not generally taking him down with an arm tackle so yeah. his skill set fits exactly what the Packers are looking for that gadget that slot you can call him whatever you want but it's something that's definitely been missing in our offense I would go one step further and say that he's more like Debo Samuel than he is Randall Cobb yeah. I think that that Debo Samuels a, a you know a little bit thicker uh, or maybe Randall Cobb not the young Randall Cobb but maybe five six years on the team Um, where he started filling out a little bit, uh, that might be the role. But I look at him more like a Debo Samuel and how his fit was with San Francisco. I guess.
1: What are your thoughts? Um, well, first off, I agree with you about the whole grading thing in this, and this, and teams picking players for scheme and how they think they're going to fit. First off, grading a draft directly after is just simply absurd. The guy hasn't played a single snap. That is just silly. But I mean, for example, you know, you look in the second round. Many people. I mean, most, almost everyone had Creed Humphrey as the number one center in the draft. Packers took Josh Myers. People may be confused by that. I may be confused by that, but clearly clearly the Packers see what their offense is. They see how they want to run it, and they think Myers is a better fit for that than Humphrey. So I agree with you that that just because evaluators and, and draft experts look at a guy a certain way, if a team is looking at someone and saying, well, he's going to fit this perfect role that we need on our on our team, and that and that's good enough for them. So I agree with you on that. And overall on Rodgers, I mean I've, I was I've been talking about him most of the offseason. like you said, he's a Randall Cobb type, but he does have experience on the outside. He played two years on the outside and two years in the slot. He has special teams, plenty of special teams experience. He could be an immediate punt returner. He has he's returned a punt for a touchdown in his career in uh at, at Clemson and then uh, just a quick, uh, well, not too quick, a little bit of a quote from Dabo Sweeney on Amari Rogers that I thought was very interesting. Um, so I'll read it off real quick. The Packers are getting a true professional. He's an ultimate pro. The kid has handled himself like a pro since I met him. And I mean, in every aspect of his life, he's incredibly committed to excellence in every area. And he just goes on and on talking about, I mean, just the kind of person he is and how how his father... Was in the NFL and is as coached in, is a coach in the NFL. And funny enough, actually, uh, Meyer Rogers' father coached Randall Cobb at Kentucky. So not Meyer just coach him; he
0: was his position coach. Yeah, like he, he was, was his, his receiver, actual. You know, but, he's a wide receiver coach, even though he played quarterback in college and the NFL. Yeah. When he went into coaching, he became a receiver coach. So that's a a, yeah. a nice tie there. So he's known Randall Cobb, you know, most of his life.
1: Yeah, so he said he's, you know, he's really looked at Randall Cobb as kind of, I think he said, uh, almost like an older brother throughout a lot of his life. And I just, I think he's the perfect guy for this offense. Like you said, the gadget guy. Put him in the slot. You could run the ball with him. You could do jet sweeps with him, screen passes. I mean, other than Devontae, plain and simple, there was no one on the team you could throw a screen to behind the line of scrimmage, and have any confidence, they would gain yardage. MVS and Lazard are two, they're two, they're they like they like cramped they they don't move swiftly in those short areas they get very I'm losing the word because it's just slipping my mind but Devontae has some moves but but Amari Rodgers is the kind of guy you could throw him a bubble screen 2 yards behind the line of scrimmage he can make one move and all of a sudden he he's 40 yards downfield running towards the end zone and that's what this Packers offense has needed and he even said months ago that his dream fit would be second round to the Packers. So yep. it was, ended up being third round to the Packers, but he got his dream pick. And in a world, let's assume and hope and pray that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of this team in 2021. I think, I mean, I think this offense, it was already the number one offense, and I think it got exponentially better by adding this kind of a weapon that they sorely needed. They were using Tyler Irvin and Tavon Austin and neither one of them were really producing all that well. I think Amari Rodgers is, is on a completely different level than those two guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that makes guys miss. And, and he's a he's a guy that can make something out of nothing. So you can give him the ball, um, you know, in a bubble screen or, or towards the line of scrimmage. He can make one guy miss and run for 20, 30, 40 yards. He's not necessarily a game breaker, but yeah. he's a guy that he's very strong. Like I said earlier, he's you're not going to get him down with an arm tackle. And he has nice moves. Uh, he is very, very fast. And one thing that really stands out, and I haven't heard this a lot, is that typically, at least in the last year, Amari Rodgers performed at his best in a lot of the biggest games that he that he played in. And, you know, I'm just looking at his game log right now. Yeah. So they played against Notre Dame twice. First game, is was eight catches for 134 yards. Uh, second game, eight catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. So both games against Notre Dame he had eight catches against Ohio state. Uh, he had eight catches, um, in, in the playoffs, uh, I mean, a lot was, of his, a yeah. lot of his big games. And he also has the ability to dominate games. There were games, Georgia tech, he just had two touchdowns, 161 yards. Um, you know, his worst game of his last year, it was against a Citadel where he only had one catch. It was a 40, 40, yard touchdown, but he only <laughs> had one catch. But when you look at his, his, you know, Pittsburgh, 10 catches, you know, he, you're looking at a guy that dominates games. He's not yeah. just in the background, He's taking it on and I believe it was the Notre Dame game where the first three plays of the game were passes to Amari Rodgers, And it kinda of set the tone for that for that game. And it was it's it's crazy to watch when I was watching that Notre Dame game, just how active he was in that game and and how effective he was against you know, four- and five-star recruits and, and top players that Notre Dame has at the cornerback position. So um, I think that that – I think the fact that he wants the ball in clutch situations does mean a lot. It really does. That He's not just yeah. a talented player, but he's an alpha. He wants the ball in big spots. He wants the ball thrown to him. And I think that he's going to do very well in our offense on, say, like a third and three where he comes out of the backfield and he catches the ball for that six- or seven-yard uh reception so i think that that role that he has is going to be a very valuable role so when you grade a draft pick you look at what his he's expected to do with the offense and what his role is going to be in the offense and i give it an a plus because his role and what he's been doing is top notch and much higher than maybe some guys that might have been rated higher than him prior to the draft
1: yeah i mean overall he just seems like like you said I mean it just it just really is the perfect fit for a Matt LaFleur offense and I don't know if it was Daniel Jeremiah or Louis Riddick but um, like you said he's he's almost built like a running back like his yes thick legs like like you said you're not going to be able to just wrap him up with an arm tackle like maybe your average slot receiver and he will he will he will run right through you if you try to do that and I mean just looking at you know, some some people that obviously are very involved in draft evaluations and what they thought about the pick, both Lewis Riddick and Jim Nagy, who runs the senior bowl, obviously, were both very high on Amari Rodgers, Loved the trade-up to get him. And, uh, you know, Rodgers, uh, I think he had an interview with Brandon Marshall a little while ago where he said, you know, he looked up to, growing up, Steve Smith and, and Jarvis Landry as guys he likes to mimic his game after, and look, you're not going to. You know, Steve Smith is a potential Hall of Famer. Jarvis Landry is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. If he could become either one of those two players, the Packers hit a home run. And and I think he has that capability. I think they could use him in so many creative ways on offense. Obviously, again, he put, he will help on special teams, and we know the Packers need that help on special teams. And I just really like the fact that his entire life. He's been surrounded by football, and and clearly yeah. he loves it. He's committed to it. I mean, from day one, his dad being in the league, just his whole entire life leading up to playing football, and now he's here and he's in Green Bay, and, and I'm just very excited to see what Matt LaFleur does with him.
0: And he's a winner. You know, that's the other thing. He has a national championship. He, he played another national championship game himself. Yeah. So he's a guy that's been around winning. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he'll be a great culture fit for the team and he'll fit right in, you know, he's, and he said all the right things uh, post draft talking about how Devonte Adams is his favorite player. and, yeah. You know, if you recall, you know, and I know it's a different offense, you know, the whole McCarthy thing, but Randall Cobb did used to run a lot of plays out of the backfield. And, yeah. you know, I was kind of in my head, kind of picturing back to that and that you could actually run him out on plays on the backfield because he does. He looks like a running back. He's 215 pounds. And yeah. he's not, and, and, you know, that's where like athletic scores kind of go out the window a little bit because in the role that he's going to have with the Packers, he's not going to be asked to maybe you know take a receiver 50 yards downfield for a bomb he might Um, he's done it before in the past but I think that his role is going to be more shifty it's going to be towards the line it's going to be taking that six yard out and turning it into 20 30 yards breaking that one tackle um, you know coming you know on maybe a slant and getting those tough yards when we need them on a third down and six maybe getting eight nine yards on that maybe taking a, a coming out of the backfield, going in motion, getting matched up with a linebacker, and then maybe in that case taking him deep. Yeah. But that's really, you know, what I envision his role being in this offense. And, you know, we've kind of been gushing at him. Um, and, and, and he does have really good hands, too, really strong hands. And anytime that he catches the ball in traffic, that ball sticks. And that's one thing that I look for when I evaluate receivers is that um, there's some guys where the, they bobble it a little bit, but maybe they'll catch it or they don't really catch it clean. Um, but the ball sticks when he catches it. He's a hand catcher, and he, and, and the ball does not bobble at all when he's catching it. So he'd be also a guy that can make that tough catch in traffic while being hit that he'll be able to hold on to that ball when they need it. So that's kind of my impression on him. And uh, I don't know how much more we can gush about him, but I'm really looking forward to him in this Packer offense.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, just two points, two last points. I like the fact that you brought up, number one, the athletic score, because obviously Goody seemed like that threshold was an 8.0 RAS and Amari Rodgers came out at a five three seven, and some people you know are thinking you know oh well, you, well that's obviously strange and very unlike him but to me I look at it as Goody must really love this guy like they must really love him and see him as that piece in their offense that is really going to make it work and that's why he kind of just threw away the athletic score threshold that that we seemed like they, that he used to have and, and, yeah, like you said, just just using him in in a myriad of ways can help this offense a ton, the way they did with, with Cobb. I mean, so many – or Jordy. I mean, so many third and shorts. You just need that safe play. You get it yep. to him. And like you said about just making a contested catches, my final point, Dabo Sweeney also in that interview said, you know, for a guy under six feet, he has no problem high-pointing a ball. He's not going to have the ball get slapped out of his arms at the point of at the point at the catch point. He has strong hands, like you said. And yeah, I mean, Amari Rogers is someone I'm very excited about. I will be way more excited if Aaron Rodgers is throwing <laughs> him the ball as opposed to anyone else. Well, what do you
0: think? What do you think of the draft overall, Eli? Like, what, so, what were your general thoughts? I know that we're supposed to cover Rogers, but I kind of wanted to hear your yeah. um, what, you, what you thought overall about the draft?
1: So. If we remove the whole Aaron Rodgers drama, I think most Packer fans would walk away from this draft pretty happy. I know I would. I like the draft overall. I like Stokes. Uh, Was I maybe a little surprised they took him there potentially, but I never didn't like Stokes. I I was a fan of his watching him throughout the offseason. I was surprised that they went with Myers over over Humphrey, but like I said earlier, if they think Myers is a better fit, and that's what they think. And you know what? Lindsley was an Ohio State center. Go straight into another Ohio State yep. center. And if he's anything like Lindsley, we know we did, we did good. And I, I L- like L- to-
0: can, I, can I pause you there real quick? So I, I just want to make a quick comment, and then, then I, w- I want to get back to you. But with Myers, I heard three things about him that was, weren't really mentioned by a lot of people. That number one, the Packers were very, very impressed with the way that he made calls. And this is something that as evaluators we don't really look at. We look for like quickness, You get to the second level, how you yeah. slide, um, you know, those type of things. But you don't necessarily look for the the, the calls that they're making because you know obviously the the center is the captain the, of the offensive line. The second thing is. I guess Creed Humphrey, and I didn't watch all his games. I probably watched five or six, had a little trouble with his snaps. Now, they weren't throwing it over his head, but he had a lot of snaps that maybe came back a little slower or a little bit offline, and the quarterback had to struggle to get it, and it kind of threw the playoff, whereas Myers was pretty much cash money on all of his snaps right back to the quarterback. And the third thing, and I don't even know because I'm not a quarterback. I played linebacker in line, but they were saying that because he snaps left-handed, and Aaron Rodgers has never taken a snap from a left-handed center, and if he did, maybe once or twice, you know, you know, don't,
1: don't yeah. fault me. But, I, but
0: from what I understand, you know, he's always had a right-handed center where those spins a little bit different from a lefty, and some, you know, it's 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 minor things. But, but yeah. I think for what the Packers are looking for, they, you know, maybe they're kind of looking for that. I don't want to say Creed's not intelligent because I don't know, but, you know, they're really looking at that more so than actually physical skills and RAS scores yeah. and anything like that, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you're – yeah, at center, you, you got to be one of the smartest people on the field, and I guess that's what they thought about Josh Myers, that he was just very good at calling out defenses, calling out blitzes, getting the line set up the way it needs to be. So I don't mind that pick. And then moving past Amari Rogers, you know, you got Royce Newman who – I watched a couple of his games over the weekend, and do I think he, he is a day one kind of guy? No, but I think he absolutely has the potential to grow behind Bakhtiari and Billy Turner to become an eventual ta- guard or, or tackle. I think he has the versatility to do either one, and I really like him. But two of my favorite picks in this draft, I mean, Shamar, Jean Charles I'm obsessed with. I think they got a huge steal with with gene charlie really and i think kylan yeah (laughs) i can't tell if you're being sarcastic
0: you know here's the thing is i i didn't know that anybody else was as as excited as i was that we picked him because for my feature that i do for the for the cheesehead tv draft guide my feature is small school sleepers so i take guys that aren't from power five. And I take guys that could potentially be stars in the leagues. That's what my feature article is every year for that. So he made my finalist list. He didn't make my final list. So I only, I only showcased 12 guys, but he was in like the, the last cut before I did it. So, you know, I ended up probably watching five, six of his games and I really, really liked him. Now I didn't think the Packers were going to draft him. So I cut him in my last cut. (laughs) but I feel like his feistiness and his skills, I think that he has a fit with the team. I really do. So sorry to cut you off there, but
1: uh,
0: it's all right. No, I'm happy that uh, you're high on him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, he, he just seems super aggressive and just plays. He just plays in your face. And that's what this Packers defense needs. Guys getting in each other's faces. And then I think Kylan Hill in the seventh round is really, really interesting watching him move. He looks so fluid, but also yeah. thick. It, it, it's like almost like a combination of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Like he has the moves of Aaron Jones, but it almost feels like he has the strength of AJ Dillon. Obviously, not to that extent, but I think Kylan Hill, I mean, I was watching some of his stuff and he was blowing me away with some of the moves yeah. he was making, the way he he was dragging guys. People were literally holding on to the back of his jersey, and he's dragging them for five more yards. So I really like that. Overall, again. Rogers, Aaron Rodgers drama aside I would definitely give this I would definitely give this draft a solid b plus a minus area like I like so, I know so I right, after, so grades so so right after we talk about not doing the grades yeah, now you're yeah. giving them a okay, I, you know <laughs> it's not what I meant but I'm saying I'm overall I am happy with this draft how about you
0: well, what I look for in, when you, I guess, evaluating a draft is you always have to always have to take into account the usage of these players on the team. So, you know, from that strictly that standpoint, you look at Stokes, he's going to step in and he's going to play a role right away. Probably eventually taking over for Kevin King. Um, yeah. But, but but if you look at, at that, um, you also look at um, Josh Myers, who will probably be a day one starter. Amari Rodgers, who will definitely have a role right from the start. Um, I think that TJ Slayton, even though he might only yeah. play eight to ten snaps a game, but they might be very important snaps where we have to stuff a, stuff a goal line, a goal line stand. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited
1: one. about him next to Kenny Clark. I'm excited about it. I think it's so, just his size excites me.
0: Right. So he might be a guy that doesn't have necessarily a big role in the team, but the role that he has is going to be very, very important. I think that Gene Charles could step in um, to like a Will Redmond role, maybe 20, 30% of the snaps if they need him in a dime defense. Um, and, and, you know, some of those other guys, Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannen, you know, I, I think those are the depth guys, but depth guys are important. You know, offensive line is yeah. very, very important on the team. So I don't necessarily look for them as starters, but I look for them as guys that can fill in. They're versatile. They can play different positions on the line. Isaiah McDuffie could be a core special teams guy, kind of a crazy, you know, guy sob that just goes after the ball <laughs> and um, <Yeah. laughs> kind of crazy. It, it, yeah. But you want guys like that on the team. Yeah, no, Ka- it
1: was fun watching his tape because he, it like I said, he's it's crazy. Really, he's aggressive as hell. He got, he's yeah, he's crazy. That's what I. Would, he's crazy. <laughs>
0: he's nuts. He's nuts. He will he, he, just charge. You know, he wouldn't be a guy that necessarily would read a play. But if you say go down and tackle that guy, he can do it. So he could. He'll be a core yeah. special teams guy on the team, and then of course, Kylan Hill, who actually made my sleeper my final sleeper list. No, I feel no. I felt that he might have had some issues with the coach there at Mississippi State. Um, some off the field stuff might have knocked him down, but I think on tape, he was probably a fourth rounder.
1: Yeah, I thought, yeah, I was watching him, and I, I'm, I truthfully didn't watch him before the draft, I watched him after, and I said, How the hell did this guy fall to the seventh <laughs> yeah. round? He doesn't look like a – but then, yeah, I did look – and he did have some issues with the school or some off-field issues, whatever it was, but clearly the Packers thought his character was was fine and they were comfortable bringing him in, and I'm excited about him as, as a three behind Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I mean, I'm very excited yes. about that. So, overall, it seems like we both like this draft. We both definitely like Amari Rodgers. And now it's just a waiting game to see what happens with the other – or a Rogers. yeah.
0: Hopefully, it'll work out, man. Because I think this is a Super Bowl team. I think that in the in the places that we needed help, we got it. And that's to me, you know, we replaced Corey Lindsley with a solid, solid player. We got that, you know, quote unquote Randall Cobb role with with Amari. Um, I I think that Stokes. It, I mean, he he's he's not flawless, certainly, but he's a guy that can run with fast receivers. He's not going to be outrun by anybody, yeah, and he's, he's going to be a guy yeah. that can at least play the third cornerback position and hopefully develop into a starter once Kevin King leaves. But we still have Kevin King for this year. Um, You can think that, unfortunately or fortunately, but, I mean, (laughs) he is a returning starter, and, you know, if you can kind of ease Stokes into that role, and and I think that Slayton's going to play a role on our team as a run stuffer. So I think a lot of the guys that we drafted fill a lot of the needs on the team, and it puts us in a better position to contend for a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's, that's really what I mean. A lot of times they say Packers always going for best player available, whether that's how they did it or how it, how it didn't, how they didn't do it, it seems like they went more by need because they definitely – Specific showed.
0: roles. I think specific yeah. roles in this draft more so than
1: in the past. Exactly, exactly what I was going for, um, which I like. Because you know what? Look, best player available is a good way to go. But if you're drafting someone that's not going to make an impact on your team, then you're not really helping yourself. Cough, cough. <clears throat> Last year's draft. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, uh, everyone in Packer Nation, let's hope – We still have number 12 behind center uh, come week one. Obviously, if not, a lot of things will change. But for now, he is still a Packers, so let's keep that positivity. We're very excited about Amari Rodgers. And, uh, yeah, so Rob – uh, will we, will we be back next week? For- I don't think so.
0: I think this is it, man. I'm going to shed a tear here. This is going to be oh, our last are. podcast okay. together. So, um, I, I enjoyed it, man. You, you're awesome. And you're great <laughs> to work with. And, um, we agree on most things, which I don't know <laughs> if it makes for the, for the best radio or for the best podcast that we always agree, but yeah, um great. I, I think that great minds think alike. And I think that we're on the same page on a lot of stuff. So it, it's been right. awesome doing the draft coverage with you and, uh, you know, yeah, keep true, it up, yeah, man. Be, you know, big things in the future, man. You, you know, you're a young kid, you know, a young guy, but you know, there's a lot of bright lights in the future. So um, keep
1: going, it. man. Yeah. It's definitely been fun working with you, podcasting, learned a ton from you. Clearly you've been doing this uh, longer than me, especially, you know, just diving into the draft stuff. So you definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different things that I maybe didn't look at when I was uh, looking at the draft. So, I've definitely enjoyed it, and um, I'm sure we will continue to stay in touch. But definitely. until until next time, everybody, go pack, go, go pack, go. go.